We're having open and honest conversations about mental health and well-being. We should talk about it with Myra Ansari on Wave Now. Thanks so much for joining us here on Wave Now. I'm Myra Ansari with Dr. Stephen Taylor from UofL Health Peace Hospital. And uh, we are on our latest episode of We Should Talk About It. And this is a topic that is incredibly important. Um, you know, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, but really this is something that we do need to talk about yeah. all the time because yeah, it is something that's impacting so many people in our community. I think you're right. And I think talking about it is a crucial step in this whole in this whole um, idea of suicide awareness, because I was remembering, you know, years ago when I was a resident in psychiatry, which is now a long time ago, <laughs> um, there was a study that was done, um, kind of a forensic analysis of suicides in this area, in Jefferson County. And um, the researchers were taking suicide data from the, um, from the medical examiner's office. And they were looking to see how many of those people had actually sought out mental health treatment before they completed their suicide. So they took 100 cases of suicides and they were looking to see uh, which of those had sought out um, any kind of help or treatment. And what they discovered was quite surprising. Of the hundred people who um, were um, looked at and had completed suicide, only two of them had ever sought out help or treatment mm. uh, for mental health issues. So two out of a hundred. So 98 people who completed wow. suicide had never sought treatment or any kind of mental health services before. Wow, that's just heartbreaking because there are resources available and that's why we want to help uh, educate folks. Um, in this uh, Facebook stream, I've linked you to UofL Health Peace Hospital's website, um, which has information and also the new phone number that you can call if you need help. It is incredibly easy to use, 988. Yeah, 988, that's such an easy number to remember. And it's got the, um, it has this technology connected to it and I'm hoping this is actually how it's gonna work is when you dial 988, it, has, it will pin your location and give you resources within the, your region, wherever you're calling from. So if you're calling from Jefferson County, you get those resources. If you're calling from um, Ashland, Kentucky, you get resources around that area. So, so I think, and it's open 24-7. You can call 988 anytime. Anytime you have um, mental health concerns or feeling suicidal, um, the number is open and there are there's staff available to field those calls. It's crucial. And you know, um, I know that sharing stories and sharing this type of heartache is difficult, but if you want to, please share your story with us. If you uh, have lost a loved one due to suicide, if you've contemplated suicide and you feel comfortable enough talking about it, please share it on our comments here. Maybe that's something that can help people feel like, okay, I'm not alone um, de dealing with absolutely. something like this. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that I was thinking about too, relating to that study is how many people were going sort of undetected or untalked about. They were going to complete suicide and they were going to do it, but it was never coming up. And so I think there's something in that really for us to think about and to talk about, which is if you have experienced suicide within your friends or family groups, there can be a lot of guilt of feeling like, well, I should have seen something. I should have known this was coming. Mm -hmm. And very often we're not just, we're not going to know. You know, when somebody has the thought about suicide and completes it, they're not going to broadcast it. 
because if they broadcast it, we're all going to try to stop them. Sure. So if they are determined to do it, that's often something that's just sort of held secretly and inside. And so I think for those who have experienced it, we could be carrying a lot of guilt about that as if somehow we should have seen something, mm -hmm. we should have known, we yeah. should have been able to stop it. And that isn't always the case. Yeah, you, you'll find people who go through photos, you know, and say, oh my goodness, their life looks so perfect. Right. You know, and sometimes we just don't know the pain or the struggles that people are feeling inside right. the demons that they're fighting Absolutely. on a, a regular basis. So, uh, Dr. Taylor, what what are we seeing um, just generally? Like, who, uh, is it elderly? Are they your kids? Is it just anybody and everybody that's uh, that suicide is impacting? What's the right. latest trend? That, I suppose. I, I don't want to say trend. Sorry, I take that back. Uh, what's the, uh, the, um, but what, is it, what does it look like now? What's it look like now? Yeah, yes, how's it looking you. now? I mean, yes, suicide is in the top 10 leading causes of death, just sort of age across all age um, ranges. But we definitely see a kind of a bimodal distribution of ages in suicide and suicide attempt. We see higher numbers of young people committing and uh, attempting and committing suicide, and we see higher numbers of elderly patients, uh, people um, attempting and committing, completing suicide as well. So we see kind of two distribution groups, younger people and older people. That's interesting. Why are we seeing it in older people? I think in older people, it's a lot about isolation and loss. Um, oftentimes, um, elderly people lose friends, they lose family, they end up alone. And having chronic and debilitating health problems can be mm -hmm. triggers too. So we see those more commonly in our elderly population, and we're more likely to see suicide and suicide attempts uh, in that group. Younger people, difficulty coping with changes in life, where they are, peer pressure, social media, all these things are contributing factors to um, younger folks having suicidal thoughts and attempting suicide. And not to mention for the younger population, fears about the future of the world they live in, uncertainty sure. and not sure they can cope with it or they're even going to be able to survive in it mm -hmm. uh, is part of what I think drives that. I think a lot of folks face that during the pandemic, just kind of not knowing where things were at, not mm -hmm. seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Right. You know, and um, struggled with that, those emotions and those concerns. Um, I know that for some people, you know, we put on a, a strong, a brave face, but how do you, how can you tell? What are some warning signs that someone is contemplating something like this? Yeah, I think if the warning signs are there, and if you can see it, you might see changes in the person's um, demeanor, their personality, changes in what's going on. Um, sometimes you can see sort of stereotypical things, like they'll suddenly start giving away things, giving away a lot of money, um, giving away things that have value to them. Um, that can sometimes be as maybe there's something going on that can sometimes happen. Um, being more isolated, particularly in our kids, seeing them more socially withdrawn or more isolated can be um, warning signs that something might be going on or there might be some trigger. Um, something we could see, something we could be asking about. And I think that we have this fear of asking about suicide and suicidal thoughts as if somehow asking the question is giving them the idea. Okay. You know, that, uh, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about suicide before, but thanks for asking. Now I'm going to think about it. I think that's how we sometimes consider it when we're thinking of the question. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people have already been thinking about it 
a lot longer than us bringing it up. And sometimes us asking makes it possible to have the conversation. And that was my next question. How do you ask that question um, without, um, you know, approaching the sensitive topic? How do you yeah. say, how do you, how do you approach a loved one or a friend right. or family? I mean, you want to be able to create a space that's safe and safe to talk about something that is as sensitive as suicide that's non-judgmental. So to ask the question in a way that's not judgmental, I think is a, is a good way to approach it. Have you had thoughts about taking your own life? Has it felt like life isn't worth living or that you would be better off dead? Um, have you had thoughts about how you might take your life if you even thought about it? To open the door for the conversation and if it can be done in a way that's sensitive and non-judgmental as you say, it's going to open an arena for the person to talk about it and that's such a crucial step. That's the thing that was um, revealed to us in that study all those years ago looking at the uh, forensic cases from the medical examiner. 98 people had never talked about suicide or suicidal thoughts before and completed suicide. But in emergency rooms and in mental health offices, we hear about suicide and suicidal thinking a lot. And so what's kind of hidden in this study, I think, is that talking about suicide and talking about suicidal thoughts is protective. And having somebody talk about their thoughts of taking their life and talk about their thoughts of suicide helps prevent it and helps protect them. And I think that's the thing that's kind of in that study, but not at the front of it, mm -hmm. which is not talking about it is much more likely to lead to it. And talking about it is much more likely to prevent it. Talk to me about, Dr. Taylor, the impact when someone does take their own life, um, the impact that it has on their friends and their family. Um, because it's a ripple effect. It is you know, a ripple You think effect. that I'm going to, you, you may think, well, if I'm just not here, then everything will be fixed. But that's right. not the case. Yeah, I mean, it's a very layered and complicated mental process that goes into somebody's thoughts about suicide and thinking about taking their own life. And the impact is also very layered and complicated. I once had a therapist uh, describe it this way, which I thought was kind of interesting. He was saying that suicide is kind of like taking all the skeletons out of your closet, putting them in somebody else's closet, and then checking out. Mm. So a lot of times what people are left with after surviving someone's suicide is being stuck with all of their skeletons, you know, all of their issues and problems. They kind of get heaped on the person who's surviving. That's a very good way to put it, Dr. Taylor. Um, you know, I think sometimes people feel hopeless, but you know, in therapy, you, you talk about your issue, you talk about your struggle. How often and how likely is it that thing that is, you know, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a, 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 some, a loved one passing, you know, time, they say time heals. Right. Is that true? Everything eventually passed. Will time make things better? Right. I mean, I think time makes things tolerable. Let's, I'll put it that way. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, Let's say I have a child who commits suicide. Is time going to make me get over my child committing suicide? I think that's kind of a crazy idea. Yeah. But time may help me tolerate it, and it may help me tolerate living without my child in my life. Mm -hmm. And so time does make it possible to carry on. And I think one of the things therapy can help with is to give you the time to process the whole experience and begin to figure out how you're going to live uh, in the absence of somebody who's taken their own life. 
Are you ever surprised when you hear, you know, um, you know, the amount of people who say, yes, suicide's crossed my mind? Um, am I surprised to hear that? I mean, I don't know that in my line of work I'm all that surprised to hear it. So, my point is that you hear it a lot. I hear it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually do. It does come up a lot. And, you know, I find, too, um, in, in work as a, as a psychiatrist and as a psychoanalyst and doing therapy and helping people with medication management, is that, yeah, suicide and suicide, well, suicidal thoughts are not uncommon. Thoughts that we'd be better off dead are not that uncommon. And if talking about them and trying to understand why and how and what thoughts those things lead to can be very helpful in sort of understanding what the real struggle might be. Mm -hmm. Because the suicidal thought itself may be a kind of a plea for help using a language that's the only one they know to use. And there might be other words, there might be other ways to talk about it that aren't, I'm going to kill myself. But the, but the thought, I'm going to kill myself, kind of becomes like, this is the only language I know. And one of the things we can do in therapy is help them broaden that language. Let's get a bigger paintbrush so we can paint with a larger stroke mm -hmm. and say more about it that's not just that. Mm -hmm. You know, what are the other thoughts? What are the other feelings? What are the other struggles? Is it, uh, I know that this is a broad question, but how hard is it to get somebody out of that mindset that things will be better if I'm not here? Yeah, I think I think talking about what's contained in that. What are, what are the things that would be better? What's what's the struggle? What what's really happening here? And processing and talking about those things can be very helpful in getting through it. You know, just I mean, we we could sort of be glib and say just say no mm -hmm. and then everything's going to be better. I mean, that that's kind of a shallow approach to it. Yeah. But to really say, let's really talk about what's going on inside that feeling and try to pull out those pieces and see what the real struggle is, there's a lot of value in doing that, and it can be very healing. All right, and so again, that phone number, if you are uh, struggling with suicidal thoughts, is 988. Um, please call that number, and if you are struggling, there is no shame in this. We need to talk about it, and uh, you can get some help. It's not worth it to take your own life and the impact that it has on everyone around you because most of the time, most of the time, things can get better. Right. And you can be missing out on a lot. Yes. It, it's hard to see all the things we can miss when we are experiencing something that's pretty miserable. Mm -hmm. um, there is a lot about life that's worth living. And if we've suffered loss, if we've suffered a tragic loss of something, if we've suffered some kind of physical tragedy or other kinds of tragedies, it can be hard to see that there are reasons to still be alive. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot, you know. And sometimes you just need someone to point them out to you, right? If so you're not I, seeing it clearly. I think that is very helpful. Yeah. And to help you keep thinking about it and focus on it and work toward it so it becomes a goal. All right. Um, Dr. Taylor, anything else that I, uh, oh yes, and you can also text, which is huge, that 988 phone number. Yeah, that's a big deal too. You yeah. know, being able to text, it, sometimes it's hard to get on the phone and talk to a person mm -hmm. and hear their voice and use your voice and say the thing out loud that's been so hard to say out loud. But texting it can be a great first step. And sometimes we can say things, well, I mean, 
who hasn't experienced this in texting where people will say things in a text that you like you would never say that so, to me in person exactly uh, but you'll text it to me yeah and so it, yeah it sometimes is a lot easier to text something than it is to say it especially out loud. for younger kids who that yeah. is their only way of like that's how they communicate right. so you yes. know having conversations maybe talk. I, yeah I think being able to text 988 is pretty enormous yes yeah. all right so please get some help if you feel like you need it dr. Taylor thank you for talking to me about this important topic is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want folks to know well I, I just want to reinforce all the things we're talking about which is how important it is to to bring it up and talk about it you're not giving people the idea to kill themselves when you bring it up it may already be a seed that's germinating in their thoughts and in their mind and talking about it can help air it out and it doesn't have that kind of isolating impact that's so characteristic of it yeah all right well thank you so much for joining us here on we should talk about it thank you dr taylor thank you for talking about this all right have a great day